The LA Kings are one win away from history after beating up on their SoCal rivals. That and it's a Feedback Friday on this edition of Locked On LA Kings. You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Kings fans, welcome to Locked On LA Kings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On LA Kings your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love for you to leave us a positive comment on Apple Podcasts if you're a fan of the show. And we're on YouTube. Please like and subscribe if you are enjoying this content. I'm Eddie Garcia, your host of Locked On LA Kings. I've worked in sports media for almost 30 years, 20 plus years at the Fox Sports Radio Network. I'm also co-host of the Puck Podcast, a weekly NHL review show. That's been putting out content for the past 17 years and a passionate L.A. Kings fan for over 30 years. Today's episode brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. What's up, Kings fans? Well, I know I said I was going to do a Thanksgiving Day show, but I changed my mind. Uh, I decided to take the day off, enjoy a uh, little rest and relaxation before having a wonderful dinner with my family. Hope you guys all had a great Thanksgiving too. I am thankful for all your support of this show and also thankful that our LA Kings are playing so well right now. One day after Thanksgiving, we had an afternoon game in Anaheim against the hated Ducks in the first edition this season of the Freeway Faceoff. And if you missed it, uh, we are going to uh, give you a little bit of a recap. I did want to mention there were some lineup changes, a little bit of a surprise going into the game against the Ducks. Uh, we found out that Blake Lazat, who is still day-to-day with that undisclosed injury, uh, was going to miss this game as well. Uh, now, he had missed the previous game, um, but the Kings decided with him out uh, to shake things up a little bit on the bottom end, on the uh, third and fourth line, so to speak. Uh, Carl Grunstrom was, I guess you could say, promoted to the third line, the Pierre-Luc uh, Pierre Dubois line, uh, while... Arthur Kaliev was sent to the fourth line. Uh, Trevor Lewis moved over to center on this line, and Jared Anderson Dolan played on the wing. Uh, the defensive uh, pairings were all still the same. Cam Talbot back in net, but just a little bit of a tweak in the lineup. And um, I said a promotion for Carl Grundstrom, and he's certainly played well this year. Um, but honestly, I don't know that it really makes a huge difference right now. As far as the lines for the Kings, I mean, everyone is playing so well. I know that, that Todd McClellan decided to put Kevin Fiala on the second line uh, and, uh, you know, have Alex Leferio drop down to the third line. So there's some tweaking going on for sure. Um, but I don't know that anything is really being done out of necessity at this point. I think they're just doing some experimenting and seeing if maybe they can get some better combinations here or there. I don't, I, I don't know that it's fair to say someone was promoted and someone was demoted, especially when you look at, you know, the, the Kings ice time and what they're doing with their lines, rolling the four lines, which we've talked about a lot this season. So is playing on the fourth line, really any kind of punishment for Arthur Kaliev? I would say no. Um, maybe he looks at it that way. Maybe his minutes are cut back a little bit. Uh, and also if you want to call it a reward for Carl Grunstrom, but again, the way the Kings are playing their four lines, it kind of doesn't matter right now, which is an awesome thing. So maybe just some tweaking, maybe just some let's try this and see how it goes. 
after all, uh, it was last year that somebody decided, let's throw Quentin Byfield on the wing up on the first line, see how that works out. Well, uh, it's worked out well uh, to this point, especially this season. Um, but anyway, that was uh, the lineup changes to the Kings in their game against the Anaheim Ducks. Now, if you missed it, if you were uh, you know, in a turkey hangover and didn't get up in time or you were still uh, commiserating with friends or maybe you were partaking in Black Friday and getting out and getting your Christmas shopping done early, don't worry, we got you covered. Quick recap on the game. And the Kings get the all-important first goal. We've talked many times on this show. The Kings have not lost a regulation game this season when they score the first goal. I think the record is 9-0-1 at this point when they score the first goal, maybe even 10-0-1. Uh, but they scored the first goal, and they scored the first two goals of the game. Kevin Fiala would score on the power play to get the Kings on the board. And then Arthur Kaliev would score on the power play. Great to see the Kings not only get off to a good start, but get the power play going as well. And you got a goal from both the number one power play unit and the number two power play unit. Uh, LA did add a goal, uh, more goals in the second period. Quinton Byfield had a tip in on a Vladislav Gavrikov point shot. And then Kevin Fiala scored his second of the game. The Kings were off and flying for nothing lead. Now the Ducks did score to spoil any kind of a shutout bid in that second period for goalie Cam Talbot. Andre Kopitar would score uh, again for the uh, for the Kings, the fifth goal of the game. It was pretty much all but decided at 5-1, but the Ducks did get a, a power play goal in the uh, third period, but the game would finish up 5-2, Kings with the win, convincing win. 12-3-3 uh, now the Kings record after that win over the Ducks, 27 points among the best in the NHL. Uh, the Kings overall have now won four in a row with that win over Anaheim, all in regulation. And of course, the big stat, 9-0 and on the road this season. That's also nine straight road wins for the Kings, which is a new franchise record. And the 9-0 and record to start the season is the second longest such streak in NHL history. The Kings are one road win away from tying the all-time record for most consecutive road wins to start a season. So great to see uh, the Kings keeping that streak going. It's been a lot of fun to watch, obviously. Uh, and uh, they just keep it going on the road. Uh, I do want to give out the three stars before we get a little bit more into the game itself. Uh, the Oh, actually, I want to do the game stats first. Sorry about that. Uh, the game stats here in this one, Kings obviously win on the scoreboard. The most important plays five to two. Shots on gold are actually even for both teams at 31 apiece. Kings were two for three on the power play while Anaheim was one for three face-offs uh, a slight edge for the Ducks 28 to 27 block shots a slight edge for the Kings 12 to 11 how about the hits in this one this was a physical game we'll get into more of that in a second but 23 to 18 the Kings win the uh, hitting category as far as the three stars of the game uh, Drew Doughty had two assists. Trevor Moore had two assists, but I'm going with my number three star, Andre Kopitar, with a goal and an assist. Uh, scored the fifth goal of the game, as I mentioned, for the Kings. He also had the primary assist on the first goal of the game, Kevin Fiala's power play goal. Uh, as far as that assist for the captain, career assist number 757. So he is now tied with Marcel Dion for the most assists in LA Kings history. Kopitar leads the Kings with 10 goals on the season. And he is second on the team with 19 points. Number two star for me, Adrian Kempe with a pair of assists. Uh, had the secondary assist on the Byfield goal and then the primary assist on the Kopitar goal 
Uh, very unselfish play for Adrian Kempe on that one. He had a great look at the net straight away in the high slot. And if it's a close game, I think he definitely shoots that puck. But the Kings being up at, at that point, uh, he was a little unselfish, wanted to set up the captain, and Kopitar was ready to put it home. Uh, Kempe leads the team with 20 points. Also had a huge hit on the Ducks' Frank Vetrano in this game, an open ice hit that Rob Blake would have been proud of. You don't know... Adrian Kempe is being a physical player necessarily, but that was a big hit from Juice. Uh, also, um, there was a, a scrum in this one we'll talk about in a minute, but Mikey Anderson and Drew Doughty, the defensive pair, ended up going into the penalty box together, and so the Kings needed somebody to play a little defense for a shift or two, and Adrian Kempe took a shift as a defenseman. How about that? That's some confidence from head coach Tom McClellan. Uh, and the number one star, Kevin Fiala, two goals. Uh, first goal came from a tough angle right along the goal line. On the power play, he had the goalie moving, and he actually banked it in off of the uh, the Ducks' netminder. Uh, the second goal, just a beautiful, strong move, strong to the net, through the crease, scores on a beautiful move. That's uh, the skill that Adrian Kemp, or excuse me, that uh, Kevin Fiala has. Now, after scoring one goal in his first 12 games, Kevin Fiala now has five goals in his last six. So he is starting to eat up, and that is fun to see. Uh, he is tied with Adrian Kempe for second on the team with 19 points. As we do after LA, every LA Kings win, we talk about what we liked and what we didn't like. Uh, first off, beating the Ducks is always a like, uh, especially as far as I'm concerned because they're my most hated team. Uh, obviously, the Kings winning is something we like, playing well, getting off to a good start, keeping the road streak going, all stuff we are very glad to see and, and, and enjoyed seeing. Uh, the Kings continue to get a good mix. Uh, in scoring, the big guns certainly showed up in this one, like Kevin Fiala and Andre Kobitar, but you also got some secondary scoring from guys like Quentin Byfield and Arthur Kaliev. Uh, the tweaks to the lineup, as far as I could tell, worked just fine. They certainly, uh, it the, the, I thought the lineup uh, looked offensively as strong as it has at any point during their recent strong play. Um, so at least for the moment, I didn't think those tweaks had any kind of negative effect. I thought Arthur Kaliev, actually, who had a goal in the power play, we talked about him being quote unquote demoted to the fourth line. I thought he played a strong game. I thought he played a real good game. So not sure if it was just some chemistry with that, with those guys, or maybe he was a little bit more motivated after being maybe demoted, however you want to call it. Um, I thought the lineup changes were, were good. Uh, no negative impact that I saw from the tweaking of the lines, obviously like the power play clicking um, the Kings did allow a shorthanded or uh, a power play goal against that. They had that streak of seven straight games, without allowing a power play goal. So that streak ends, unfortunately, but still the Kings winning the special teams battle. We definitely like that. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, some things that we liked. Uh, and there weren't many things to dislike, but we'll touch on that in a minute as well. Uh, here on Locked on LA Kings, your team every day. This episode is sponsored by Better Help. This is a great uh, time of the year, but there's also times where it can be stressful as well, and maybe even you could feel some sadness or some anxiety around the holidays, but adding something new and positive to your life can counteract some of those feelings, and therapy can be a bright spot amid all the stress and change, something to look forward to, make you feel grounded, and to give you the tools to manage everything that's going on. My wife, I know, has had some therapy in her past. She's not shy about talking about it and how it's benefited her um, just to help to cope with things big and small, to talk to somebody else, get things off your chest. If you're thinking about starting therapy, BetterHelp uh, is a great place to try. Uh, it's entirely online. 
It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. And if you want, you could switch therapists at any time at no additional charge if things aren't working out. Uh, find your bright spot this season with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NHL today and get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash NHL. The LA Kings host the Montreal Canadiens Saturday, 1 p.m. Pacific time. Catch every moment of the hometown broadcast of the LA Kings with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search LA Kings. Want to talk a little bit about the uh, the goaltending, um, but real quick before I get to that, um, you know the Kings Ducks rivalry in the past at times has been eh. Um, it, it's not. There have been times where it's been good. But it seems like when the Kings and the Ducks, like when the Kings are good, the Ducks usually aren't. And when the Ducks are good, the Kings usually aren't. They've only met in the playoffs one time, obviously, in 2014. The Kings won that in seven games, which was which was phenomenal on their way to winning the Stanley Cup. Um, the, the Ducks, though, are improving. I don't know that they're going to be a team to necessarily contend with this year. But in the next few years, they could be. Um, but the Kings right now are certainly a better team, and they showed it on the ice. But uh, this rivalry was pretty heated. Uh, in the first edition of the freeway face-off this year. And I thought the Kings uh, acquitted themselves well as far as playing with grit. Andreas Englund certainly is the main man to provide that for the Kings this year. He got into a fight with Connor Carrick, uh, won the fight pretty easily, uh, and he was sticking up for a teammate after uh, on this. Uh, Carrick hit Trevor Moore, or not Trevor Moore, I'm sorry, uh, Trevor Lewis. And then the hit, the hit was, was, was pretty hard, but I thought it was a clean hit, uh, kind of from the side into the boards. But Carrick kind of stood over Trevor uh, Lewis after that. I, I don't know why he did that, um, but Lewis certainly didn't appreciate it. And England saw it and uh, didn't like that as well and came over and, and stuck, stuck up for his teammate. I thought that was great. And then there was another incident where Pierre-Luc Dubois got taken down behind uh, the net, maybe kind of a slew foot. There was a tripping penalty called on Frank Vetrano. Mikey Anderson saw it, didn't like it, came over and gave Vetrano a hard cross-check into the back. Um, maybe that also was a part of the big hit by Adrian Kempang on Petrano as well, but really liked the Kings sticking up for themselves in this game. And it was, it was fun. This is, it had a little, had a little, uh, nastiness to it, which is what I like to see in rivalry games. So I, I kind of like that. Uh, as far as what we didn't like, there really wasn't much. Um, uh, the Kings though, do continue to give up these odd man chances while on the power play. And I'm not sure what's up with that, but it's something they need to shore up a bit. Fortunately, Cam Talbot has, has stood tall in those situations. I, there were a couple of times Arizona had some breakaway shorthanded. The Ducks had a couple of odd man rushes in this one shorthanded. So something the Kings can certainly work on uh, on the power play. But didn't want to get into Cam Talbot. Uh, turned aside 29 of 31 shots. Had several key saves. Um, there were a pair of two-on-ones in the first period. Uh, second period, he stood his ground nicely on some point-blank in-close shots. Uh, some stuff in attempts. Um, one of the two goals he allowed was a Radko Gouda shot from the point from distance. Looked like he saw it all the way. I think you would definitely like to have that one back, but that was certainly the only bad goal he allowed. The other one was while the Kings were shorthanded, Vladislav Gavrikov made a bit of a do or die play laying on the ice, trying to block a pass through to the other side with his stick. It's kind of like when a goalie goes for a poke check. It's one of those plays. It's kind of all or nothing. If you don't get it, they're going to score on you. And that's what happened. Certainly no chance for Cam Talbot on that one. So one bad goal, but all in all, another solid start for Cam Talbot. He's hit the 10-win mark on the season at 10-3-1. and 
He's still undefeated on the road at 9-0. His goals against average, 2.02, and his state percentage at 9.31. So solid game for goaltender Cam Talbot. Kings are right back in action on Saturday. Another afternoon game, too. Uh, against a not so great Montreal team, a team that's kind of you know kind of five hundred, you know, not looking like a playoff team in the East, um, but it, this one feels a little bit like a trap game for me for the Kings. Uh, Canadians though did play tonight as well. They won a three-two shootout game in San Jose, so they're traveling to LA from San Jose for the game tomorrow afternoon. So no excuses for the Kings, right? Both these teams are in the same situation. It's not like the Montreal Canadiens were waiting for the Kings here in Los Angeles after being rested for a day or two. So it just still still kind of feels like a potential trap game coming off a emotional rivalry game on the road for the Kings. Now they come back home for another afternoon game. We'll see. We'll see. I'm a little bit concerned about it. And then the Kings only have one game in the next eight days after that. So would like to see them kind of close out this portion of the schedule on a high note. Uh, going into uh, a week where they're going to be uh, pretty inactive for a while. So we will definitely talk more about that coming up on Monday's show. But it is also a Feedback Friday, so I do want to get some emails and YouTube comments in. Uh, the, our first email comes from Leo, and he did not say where he was from. So if you've uh, watched some of these feedback shows before, I like to make up where the where the person's from. I usually like to keep the alliteration going. So his name is Leo, so I need to pick a place that's an L. So I'm going to say it's Leo in Lomita. Uh, he says, your journalistic analysis of the Kings is usually spot on, and I appreciate your sober level-headedness. Now, if I'm going to be fair about Alex LaFerriere, he's looked like an NHLer, which is pretty miraculous for most human beings in the world, and he should be praised for this accomplishment. But like yourself, I've not been fully caught up in the hype surrounding him. With a few solid starts in the beginning of the season, it seemed like he had eventually disappeared into thin air. Not exactly a liability, but zero impact on the line with skilled players needing a shot of adrenaline. Talking about Fiala and PLD. Uh, McClellan's recent decision to send him down to Ontario seems to have lit a spark under him. Uh, his assisted to know against the Yotes was a pleasant departure from his shoot-first inclinations. Overall, I can remember at least two other plays during the game in which he was essential in producing pressure in the offensive zone. While I'm relieved that his play has improved in the past few games, I am interested in your opinion about his role on the team in the medium and long range. What will Ferrier's role be on the Kings as they approach the playoffs and Arvidsson's eventual hopeful return? It seems that either he or Grundstrom could be sent down. As for now, Grundstrom has been far more consistent. Uh, what do you what would you do if you were Todd McClellan? Well, if that's my choice, it's an easy choice. Alex LaFerriere uh, is uh, waiver exempt because he's still on an entry-level contract. So Carl Grunstrom is not. And Carl Grunstrom would likely be picked off up off waivers. So you're obviously going to send uh, Alex LaFerriere down to Ontario. But uh, Victor Arvidsson is going to be on long-term. He's on long-term injured reserve. He's going to be out for many more months to come. So Alex LaFerriere is going to get a good bit of action, it would seem. Um, and yeah, we talked about it before on the show. Uh, he had a really strong start, and maybe it was our low expectations of him to begin with. Um, and then there was a little bit of a lull. Nothing, as you mentioned as well, and we've mentioned on the show, nothing that was necessarily would say he's bad or he needs to get taken off the ice. Um, but yeah, he went down for a game, and then Jared Anderson Dolan replaced him for a game, and then he went back in the lineup, and he's looked a lot better since. So, uh, yeah, you know, I know the coaching staff said, oh, he just needed to sit and watch for a game or he got motivated by saying, you know what, 
I really like playing in the NHL. I want to stay here and uh, and kind of picked his game up a little bit. As far as him long term, I think he could be a very solid second, third line player going forward. Um, certainly love his size. He's got good skill and look, he's ahead of schedule. So uh, what he's learning now at this point is invaluable to him. So I think the future is bright. I'm not saying he's a top line player. I'm not saying he's a 30 goal scorer, but I think he's a guy who could be a consistent 20 to 25 goal scorer. Uh, and maybe there's more, maybe, maybe this is just scratching the surface on his potential and he could be a 30 goal scorer at some point, but I think a solid player, um, at this point in time. Um, but a, a definitely a pleasant surprise, uh, for the LA Kings this year. Uh, speaking of Victor Arbus, let me throw this one in here real quick. Uh, Robert Kleit in Hawthorne says, what's up with Victor Arvidsson? And then he said, a faithful everyday or one of the highlights of the season was running into you at the Kings Blues game. I appreciate the conversation. Didn't mean to long get long-winded on you, uh, but will the Kings try to keep Arbison or trade him once he gets healthier? Uh, pleasure meeting you, Eddie. Go Kings go. Well, it was a pleasure meeting you as well, Robert. Hope to see you out there again at a game. Like I said, Victor Arbison is still months away from returning from back surgery. Uh, as far as the Kings trying to keep him or trading him once he gets healthier, he's not going to probably be healthy until the very, very end of the season. Um, and so what his, what his trade value is right now, uh, probably isn't all that great. Uh, so I don't see the Kings looking to move him. Uh, they, they are going to probably hang on to him and have him for the stretch run, uh, almost like a trade deadline pickup is, is what I'm projecting. And then after the season, they'll deal with it. Then, um, I, I could see Victor Arvidsson maybe returning on a one-year deal, um, kind of a prove it deal for him to where he can bounce back, show the rest of the league he's healthy, and either resign with the Kings after that or move on in free agency. But that's my guess right now with Victor Arvidsson, but we shall see going forward. Uh, we are going to talk some more uh, about your emails and some YouTube comments coming up here in just a second on Locked on LA Kings, your team, every day. Hey, you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. I don't because I use Game Time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all your sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. I went on vacation recently to New York City, bought tickets through the Game Time app to see a hockey game at Madison Square Garden, had a great time. Tickets, the tickets were great, and it was super convenient and easy to use the app. Uh, you can navigate uh, without any problem whatsoever. Uh, you can get killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, and the best price guaranteed. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. I love that you can see the view from your seats before you buy, so you know exactly what you're going to get when you arrive. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. All-in pricing shows you the total up front, so you know that you're getting a great deal without any hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with two taps on the app. Just download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code LOCKEDONNHL, L-O-C-K-E-D-N-A-O-N, NHL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. LA Kings host the Montreal Canadiens Saturday, 1 p.m. Pacific time. Catch every mode of the hometown broadcast of the LA Kings with Sirius XM on the SXM app. Just search LA Kings and I will be out at the game coming up on Saturday. So if anyone is out there and wants to meet up, uh, you can shoot me an email or you can reach out on social media Love to meet up with any of our everydayers that are going to be at the Kings-Canadians game on Saturday. A couple more emails to get to, and we'll try and squeeze in a couple of YouTube comments. Uh, this, this next email comes from Brian. He is in Los Alamitos. 
He says, do you think it's safe to get a Quentin Byfield jersey now, or should I wait until he signs a new contract extension? I mean, the Kings wouldn't trade him, would they? Also, do you know why the Predators waived Samuel Fagimo? Is there something about his game that they didn't like, or did it just come down to numbers? Um, well, uh, as far as Samuel Flagimo goes, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure it came down to numbers. I'm, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, I've been keeping track of what's going on with the national predators injury wise and, and roster moves. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was probably, it's a player that they liked. Um, but in the end, uh, couldn't hold on to him just like kind of like the Kings couldn't either. So great to get him back. He's been really good since he's returned to Ontario. And we'll talk more about that on Monday's show with our rain report. Is it safe to buy a Quentin Byfield jersey? Well, Brian, it also depends on what your uh, your finances are. Uh, buying jerseys these days certainly is, uh, I get it. They're expensive and you don't want to get a jersey of some player who's going to be gone in a year or two. I, w- I think you're safe. I think you're safe getting a Quentin Byfield jersey. Uh, he is just scratching the surface on uh, what type of player he's going to be. I think the, the he is certainly trending in the right direction at this point now. Um, I mean, if you wanted to hold off until the end of the year, I, I could see that. I, I Look, is Quentin Byfield in the future plans of the LA Kings? Absolutely. Uh, I cannot see or envision a scenario in which they would be looking to trade him uh, at this point. Not certainly after they've been so patient with him, right? And now that they're starting to see, you know, the flower blossom, uh, no, they're not, they're not looking to get rid of him uh, at all. Let's get to a couple of YouTube comments. Um, we had this from Big Lebowski3961, who is a regular commenter on the YouTube episodes. He says, Kopitar's gotten a lot of accolades this past few weeks, but to me, what stands out the most is his professionalism and his work ethic. Now we can call him a mentor. Guy has turned uh, two of his wingers into solid two-way players. The line combination is a plus 29. Q and Juice are both not only producing offensively, but they're also playing great defense. It's awesome to see Byfield producing and having fun out there. And I'm sure he's, uh, this is on the heels of the Byfield assist where I mentioned and everybody saw the reaction Ajay Kopitar had. And like I said, I don't think he has that same reaction if it's another player, if it's a veteran player. Um, but I, I agree. He's, he is absolutely a mentor. He's a guy who leads by example and what a great example he is. I obviously I'm a huge Ajay Kopitar fan. I've said it ever since I started doing this show. I think he's the greatest King in the history of the franchise. And when it's all said and done, and he may be Look, he's already in the conversation, but we talked about him tying Marcel Dion. Hopefully, he'll pass him coming up on Saturday so we can celebrate that on home ice. But yeah, Andre Kopitar is having a great year. And it's great seeing that number one line really be a number one line now. I mean, you know, last year it was kind of we thought, ah, the Deneau line's kind of really the number one line. Uh, but, you know, and we've seen different games, different lines uh, stand out, but the top line really looks like a top line uh, at this point. Uh, we got this from V Doom 777. And uh, just uh, this is dripping with sarcasm. He says, oh, thank you. Thank you. Doobie doob doobs uh, is not going to miss too much time. This is after Pierre-Luc Dubois came back. Didn't remember. He didn't miss any time after he, he hit the post. Whatever would the Kings do without him when he produces absolutely zero in physicality, makes a play every third game, loses his man defensively in most key moments, is outplayed by a guy who stands 5'10", maybe, and makes an eighth of what Doobie doobs makes. He's talking about. Uh, Blake Lazat. I want to thank the heavenly forces that he will be back with us soon. Amen and hallelujah. Um, it's, it's a little much, uh, but I will say this for sure. If the Kings weren't having the success they were having, the performance of Pierre-Luc Dubois so far in the season would be a much bigger topic on the show. But I said it a few episodes ago, 
is he living up to the expectations at this point? No. Um, I'm not going to really worry about the long-term ramifications because that's down the road. I'm focused in the moment, especially with a team like the Kings that are trying to win something substantially now. Um, I've said when it's all said and done, uh, whether the trade is successful or not for, for the now will depend on what he does in the playoffs. I still think he's an asset. Uh, I still think he's got a lot of skill. I don't think he's as bad defensively as uh, V doom uh, is saying, um, but could he be producing more at this point? Absolutely. Uh, is he worth the money at this point? You'd have to say no, but this is still a very small sample size. And I, and like I said, when it's all said and done, what the Kings do in the postseason, what he does in the playoffs is going to really kind of tell the story uh, about Pierre-Luc Dubois. But uh, I understand the concern. I understand it. Uh, and uh, that's going to do it for uh, this show. I did. There were there was one email I didn't get to. There was one comment I didn't get to for the YouTube that I had picked out. But uh, time is of the essence here, and we have to say goodbye for another show. Uh, thank you to everyone who took the time to comment an email, whether I read it or not. It's greatly appreciated. Uh, if you would like to send an email, lockedoneddy at gmail.com, E-D-D-I-E. You can also, of course, post your comments uh, in the YouTube episodes. Uh, and if you want to stay interactive with the show, uh, we're on social media, X, Twitter, Instagram, at LockedOnLAKings. For you every day, as those of you who listen to watch every day, Monday we're going to recap the Kings-Canadians game and have a rain report as well. Hope you will join us then. then. Until then. I'm Eddie Garcia. Thanks for listening and watching this episode of Locked on LA Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Have a great weekend. We will talk to you on Monday. As always, go Kings go.